We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. We do have a break, Nick and Ned fans. And on Sunday, tomorrow, we join forces. We become the member of one team. We are united under the banner of Kevin Durant. That's right. Julius Randle is on Team Durant. Kyrie Irving is on Team Durant. James Harden is on Team Durant. We all unify under our hero, Kevin Durant. And joining us right now, guy does a great job with Nick Fan TV. CP the franchise. Good to talk to you again, CP. How you been? Evan, f- f- fantastic, man. Fresh off of a victory over that sellout match. Tell him, man, it's been a great week for Knicks fan TV. <laughs> and, then, and, and then, as you say, we, we cap it off on a united front as Kevin Durant makes an excellent business and basketball decision by adding Julius Randle to Team Durant for the All-Star Game. We're like, united. Like. Doesn't this feel good? Yeah. Like, we're all on the same side. We're battling against yeah. that evil Team LeBron. Hopefully, Julius yeah. will get plenty of minutes to play with a couple of All-Stars from Brooklyn. <laughs> and we get to root for each other. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing, right? This, this, this better not be a networking event. This is strictly basketball. <laughs> no, no talks about all-season pursuits and, you know, you can take less and we can – no, 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 no. This is strictly <laughs> basketball, handle business, and get back for the second half. No, I'm with you on that. Hey, one quick thing, because I just took a call about this, and I was confident that you are a rational, fair guy. Because when I watch you guys, all of you are very rational and fair, and you're Knicks fans I respect. Mm -hmm. I had a caller call up and say, look, I love Julius Randle. I can't trade him, Mm -hmm. which I'm with him on. I wouldn't trade Julius either. And he says he would not trade Julius Randle for Donovan Mitchell. Now, would you agree that that's, that's, that's slander right there? Yeah, we we got to pump the brakes on that. Okay, that, good. That's good. a little crazy. Yeah, that, that's a little crazy. But no, right. listen. I, I I mean, Julius is playing at a high level, an All Star level. You know, twenty three, eleven, and five on the season. Ten games in which he scored twenty five points, ten rebounds, seven assists. Um, he, he's the talk of the town, man. Julius has turned it around, and and it's been been a pleasure to watch. 
And you buy, because I know I certainly do, do you buy that this is the guy, that this isn't some kind of aberration, some kind of career year, that this is who he now can become, and if you do sign him to a long-term deal, this is, I think, the guy you should expect for the next four years. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I do. I think he can be a guy. I wouldn't say the guy, but I think he can be a guy. And if you look at his stats from the beginning of his career till now, he has improved every year. The problem is that when he came here, Fisdale wanted to give him the keys, you know, to be the primary engine of the offense, and he stumbled. And Nick fans saw it, and Julius Randle saw it. If you read that uh, that article he did in Players Tribune, it sh- it sheds a great deal on the challenges that he experienced in in just you know adjusting in New York. But he's turned it around. You know, he studied under tapes. He slowed the game down. He's making his teammates better. It's a tremendous growth story. So I think the improvements that we've seen from year over year is typical for his trajectory. And I think it's here to stay, man. He's really changed his game. No, I'm with you on that. I think what was so impressive in that article is about the influence Kobe's had on him and the work ethic. I mean, that's the thing, man. Like, continuing to work as hard as he does is only going to elevate your game. And I think that's a great sign from Julius. And I think that's a part of why I'm completely with you. And I understand that if you're a Nick fan on why you say, I want this guy on my team for the next four yeah. years. I don't want to trade him for draft picks or something like that. It's the, it's the classic comeback story, man. And, and in New York, we see it all the time. You know, the guy comes in, he's much maligned with the fan base. He's struggling. He's turning the ball over, but he put in the work. You know, the work ethic and the character were always there. And, and now he wants to build a winner in this city. He's embraced the city. And the Knicks fan loves that. Now we go to war for him. You know, so it's a great growth story. It feels like Alfred Payton is the most controversial Nick in terms of <laughs> when he's ruled out, there seems to be this celebration of great no yeah. elf. Now, in fairness, yeah. he's played well at times, including the Detroit game. Where do yeah. you stand on Payton's role on this team and if he should even be on this roster come uh, the NBA trade deadline? Well, yeah, he's played well because he had Dennis Smith Jr. right in front of him. So, uh, you know, he saw the he saw the green light and took it. But, you know, Peyton plays with a chip on his shoulder. That's one thing about him. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, and, and he knows uh, the criticism against him. And Knicks fans have a lot against him. You know, the thing about Peyton is that what Tibbs loves is that he can get to the ring. Tibbs loves those point guards that can attack the basket, and Peyton does that very well. Now, where he frustrates you is that he, he's not particularly good at finishing. His three-point shot is atrocious. And he's been kind of, you know, uh, tunnel vision in, in this starting lineup. You know, he doesn't really find RJ too, too much. And he, his assist numbers are down. And so that's where, where the Knicks fan has had issues with Peyton. But I think long term, he definitely deserves a spot in this roster. I think as a veteran point guard, you definitely need it. With Derrick Rose here and seemingly on a, on a minutes restriction, and you just don't know durability-wise what you're going to get from him, you definitely need that depth. Right, because you can't put the yeah. ball in Frank's hands, or you know, especially where they want to get to the playoffs. But what bears watching is how does Tibbs close out games? Where does he go at the point? Does he go yeah. with Rose, who to me is, you know, not the most efficient shooter, but a better shooter, more um, timely shooter than Peyton can be? And I like the way Rose generated some chemistry with Randall and RJ in, in Peyton's absence. I thought Rose really had the offense clicking in those few games where he he, boot, he was boosted into the starting lineup. So to me, it, it's gonna as we watch, you know, the second half, 
how do they close, you know, with with uh, with Peyton and Rose in that rotation? Who finishes games? It's going to be worth watching. And, and Thibs has been Tibbs, Thibodeau, Tibbs. I always find that interesting. Yeah. By the way, he's closed <laughs> in different ways. Like we've seen RJ sit late in games. We've seen RJ mm-hmm. play through his struggles in certain games. I think on paper, to me, Rose, IQ, RJ, Julius, yeah. probably Noel, the way he's played, seem like a closing lineup. But with RJ. It's kind of been different on how Thibodeau's handled it down the stretch on if he's going to get to close games out. Overall, I think he's had a better year. I think he's continuing to improve. RJ's had a fantastic year so far, man. He he shot out the gate struggling. You know, missed 21 straight three-pointers. It it was a rough stretch, but since January 1st, he's shooting 40% from three. Last 10 games, he's shooting almost 57% from three. So his efficiency numbers have gone up. He's still able to get to the rim and, and draw contact. And the thing with RJ is... His shooting is very vital in this starting lineup because while it's not a finished product, the offense is nowhere near a finished product, it still struggles. He need, They need to be able to space that floor to allow Julius Randle to work. And R.J. Barrett being able to shoot the ball puts more pressure on the defense. You know, you're not going to have four guys in the paint. And, and so it, you're going to have to respect his shot. So that consistency is, is what's going to be needed as they head into the second half. I think that struggle to begin the year shooting from three was almost in a weird way impressive because it yeah. could have scared him off from being aggressive. And he was able to kind of shoot his way out of that slump. So in a lot of ways, that start to the year from three, in a weird way, was almost a good thing, you know, to be able to fight through yeah. struggles like that. Yeah, and on top of that, it's gotten his mid-range game to improve, and that's yeah. where we want to see him operate because we know he's not going to be—he's not going to be a splash brother all the time. We know that, and and at the same time, when you play these better defenses, you're not just going to always be able to bully your way into the basket. So he's got to find a way to operate in that intermediate range and find a, a go-to spot. It seems like it's around that free throw line extended. Find a go-to spot off a screen where you can be comfortable and knock that down because well, that—that's going to be the next part of his game. We're talking to CP Knicks fan TV. By the way, there was a, a caller earlier. You'll take. You'll. I think you'll love this compliment. He said, yeah. "I love watching Knicks fan TV nice. after after losses. I just love." It was you. You talking to yourself? It was a caller channeling me. It was a net fan saying, "I love them. They're, they're great, especially after losses." Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> which which you know, unfortunately, it's tough, man, it, it's tough. It's no, tough. but you, that, you get I, a range of emotions on wins and losses. No, but that in all seriousness, that's what makes you great. I, I really mean that yeah. because my old partner Joe, what people always used to say to Beningo was, "I loved hearing you after jet losses," and Joe would say, "Yeah, those weren't exactly my most fun days to be on the radio, <laughs> but it's the raw emotion of being a fan. That's why I think you guys do a great job and connect because you're real fans. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. What do you absolutely? We're talking to CP of Nick Fan TV. Frank, I'm mm-hmm. curious. So you almost forget he's on this roster, but yeah. between Rose missing time with the COVID protocol, between Peyton missing time, he's played the last five games. I think he's made his last six threes, by the way. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Frank, not only over the last six games, but long term? I mean, is he on this roster long term at all? Is there a shot of that? He's going into the end. I think this could be the end for Frank just because with Peyton's return and with Rose's return, Tibbs is going to lean on those guys. Those are his vets. Those are the guys that, you know, Peyton is a guy that he's leaned on and, and Rose is, you know, that's, that's Tibbs' guy. The one guy who I don't see moving out of this rotation is Reggie Bullock. He's a guy who Thibodeau loves even after the, the Pistons game. He was raving about Reggie Bullock as, as, his, you know, multi-positional defender out there, and he loves his energy. And so Reggie Bullock's minutes aren't going anywhere. 
You know, yeah. that you can count on. And now coming off the bench, you're going to have, it's either going to be Derrick Rose or it's going to be Alfred Payton. And then you're going to have Quickly, and then you're going to have Alec Burks. You'll have Toppin, and then you'll have Nerland. So, as he said in the beginning, with Frank's minutes, it's going to be situational. That's what Thibodeau said about Frank's minutes. I, I think it's going to continue to do so. But I, I'm happy for Frank that he's come in and understood that t- to maintain a position in this rotation, he's got to be aggressive. And, you know, it's not aggressive in attacking the basket, but aggressive in letting it fly. You have to shoot the ball. And he's done a good job, as you said. He, he's been very efficient from the three-point line since he's returned, especially from the corner. Last year, he's about 50% yep. from the corner threes, and you've seen that again. And so, you know, his ability to play defense and, and stretch the floor a little bit will be key, but I just don't think those minutes are going to be consistent enough uh, with this team returning to full strength and then long-term you know, right now he's at $8 million right now. So yeah. I don't think they make that investment going forward just based on how they've utilized him this year. You know what I'm intrigued by? What do they do with Mitch? And I'm not just talking about when he comes back, Mitchell Robinson, but yeah. do they pay him long-term? Would you pay him long-term? It's going to be interesting because now you factor in Randall's contract. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to pay Julius at some point, and you know he's going to want a max deal or close to it. Mitch is going to be interesting now. He's on his sixth agent since he came into the league. He was with Rich Paul earlier this season. I don't know what happened there. They've fallen out, and and he's hired a new agent. So, obviously, the contract is going to be an issue. I think the Knicks need to just play it out until the last hour. See where he, he, how he develops as a player and see where his market is at the time of the negotiation. And then the thing is, as you're building this team, you're, you're bringing in younger talent. A guy like Mitch may be, you know, he may be a casualty to the business. We, we, we'll just have to wait and see. But so far, you're happy with his development prior to the injury. He, he's playing a much more disciplined brand of defense. Uh, as you see, him, he, he's on every spot in the floor. He's protecting the rim. He's running out to the perimeter to deter some shots. And, you know, that versatility has been uh, has been a benefit to this, to this defense, which is at the top of the league. Yeah. I think in a weird way, because I've always liked Mitchell Robinson, and I've always thought, yeah, I, I pay him. Like, it's a no-brainer. But how yeah. they've played without him, how they have maintained without right. him. Nerland's Noel only makes $5 million a year, and I'm not arguing right. he's better than Mitch, but from a value standpoint, you can replace him. So in a weird way, yeah. him being out has almost been a reminder of, yeah, I like him, but is he worth paying what he's probably going to ultimately get, you know? Yeah. You're right, and, and those type of rim-running bigs, it, it's hard to really gauge that value. I mean, you saw Rudy Gobert, that astronomical deal that he got with Utah. I just look at it as a necessary evil. I mean, he, he does impact the game a great deal defensively, but offensively very limited, you know, outside yeah. of being a rim-runner. When you look at Noel, he's fourth in the league in blocks. He's tied for first in block rate. And since Mitch has gone down, Noel, he's been excellent, man. He, he's given you everything that you've needed in terms of rim protection and really being a, an anchor on that defense. Offensively, we got to get him some wide receiver gloves with stick him on it because he, <laughs> he, he can't hold on to the ball no. <laughs> worth the time. It's bad news bears on that side. But defensively, Noel is bringing the intensity, and I love what he's done in Mitch's absence. So realistically, because I, I mean, I don't think there's a superstar mm-hmm. truly available. I, Bradley Beal to me is not available. The guy wants no. to stay in Washington. No. I don't know why his name always gets talked about. What yeah. do you realistically want to do, if anything, at the trade deadline? 
on the margin deals. You know, if there's another shooter that we can acquire that'll cost you maybe a second round pick or a couple second round picks, you go that route. You know, is a Terrence Ross available? Do you go get a JaVale McGee for just some more depth just in case Robinson doesn't come back? Smaller moves like that, you know, so you check on the price on Alonzo Bowl if, if that if that's a move where they want to go. But I don't think Beal is even available. I don't think Levine is available. Andre Drummond to me makes no sense. You don't want to continue to clog the paint up with a guy that you're going to have to give him minutes when you already have Robinson and Noel doing a good job for you on the defensive end. None of those big names uh, is uh, is on my radar. It could be a name that that we that we're not thinking about or that's not in the media. But to me, it, it's got to be a low margin move, maybe for to get you some additional shooting uh, or maybe another facilitator in here that can give you a better job than uh, than what Peyton can give you. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago, and I respected how you remained focused on your yeah. expectations for the season hadn't changed. It was still about growth. Mm-hmm. It was still about development. You guys are a game above 500. You have a legitimate shot to make the postseason, even if it's in that play-in yeah. tournament. I think that's more realistic mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. Admit to me, CP. You're a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. My expectations have changed. I'm now in a spot, bro, where if the Nets don't win an NBA title, I'm going to be inconsolable. Where it was, yeah. hey, if you get me to the finals, I'll be happy. Admit to me right now, because I know it, you got to make the playoffs. I'm still even keeled, Dev. I'm still even – right now, it's, this is house money. They won 21 games last year. They're at 19 and 18 at the halfway mark. We're in house money. You're seeing improvements in Julius, improvements in RJ. The culture is being set. To me – the, how they end this season will tell you the type of team that they are. Are they truly a playoff team, or are they a team that needs more talent? And that's what we're going to find out. This second-half schedule is brutal. They start off in Milwaukee, yeah. a team that they blew out earlier this season. Then in OKC, a team they already lost to, tough matchup with the young, young players, and then back-to-back in Brooklyn against your Nets. And then they got Philly. So four games to start off on the road. It's going to be a grind. It is going to be a grind. And then on top of that, they're in fifth right now. They, they still have a lot of games with teams that are right in that four through ten bunch. Boston, Miami, Toronto. You know, they have a ton of games there. So, like I said, when we when the season is over, we will find out who they are. And if they don't make it, I'm fine with going into the lottery. Hopefully Dallas is there. We get two good picks. And if they make it, house money. Great season either way. I'm going to ask this question with the ultimate amount of respect. Yeah. Do you want this smoke? Do you want us? Are you dreaming of us? Do you want that first-round matchup? Listen, I, we never dodge smoke here. With the Knicks, with Knicks Fan TV, we take on all challenges, no matter the size, no matter the ability. So we take on everyone. We're not afraid of Brooklyn, for sure. Ideally, you want to try to hover within that 4-5 range. You know, <laughs> right now, Boston is in four. We're in fifth. If you can stay there, then you have a shot at maybe, you know, making some noise in the playoffs, and really making this a really special season. Now, if you're within six, seven, eight, and you're looking at the Bucks, the Sixers, the Nets, it's, it's going to be tough. we still be proud that they made it, but obviously that's going to be a tougher matchup. So, again, it's going to be very interesting to see how they navigate the second half of this schedule because it, it's truly grueling. And if they can stay within four or five, it, it's been a great year. 
I don't speak for all Net fans. I'm just one fan. I know you don't speak for all Nick fans, but I want to say this yeah. as an ambassador of the Brooklyn Net fan. <laughs> I want nothing to do with the New York Knicks in a playoff series. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm afraid of you. That doesn't mean I think we're going to lose. It means yeah. I can't live with the 36 hours if, God forbid, oh. you guys win a game. Like, I can't live with that. That is going to be too difficult for me, so I'd rather just not deal with it at all. So that's... Just one net fan telling you, I don't want your smoke. The chatter would be at a fever pitch. The back pages would be, you know, stirring the pot. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be fantastic. It would Let be me tell fantastic. You like I said, we're not dodging the smoke yet. We're not dodging As the smoke. Much, so, by the way, you and your back pages. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you're so damn selective. Like, you pick certain <laughs> back pages in certain moments. Listen. If if you want back pages for the Nets consistently, you know those community papers where you open the bin in the city and you grab one? There's some in Newark. It's like the wow. Newark Journal, Courier, Telegram, one of those free ones. You just open the bin. Wow. It has Nets on it okay. all day, all day okay. for you, man. Take by the way, read. good reason. By, by the way, one last thing. I'll take a little shot at yeah. Mark Berman. How does yeah. Mark Berman, and you retweeted it, have the guts to actually tweet out, the Knicks will let Blake Griffin pass. Let yeah, Bla- right. Dude, Blake Griffin has no interest in going to your team. What is that? I've I read that. I said, "Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark." I mean, you know that that just wasn't the that just wasn't it. But they say Brooklyn could be the front runners. What do you feel about uh, I, a Blake Griffin addition? I am, and I mentioned this earlier in the show. We just have to accept he's not Blake Griffin. We have to accept that he guy. is not. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's done. He's washed, as we say. Yeah, and yeah, I think. Yes. If he can adapt to 15, 20 minutes a night, I think he could add another layer to this offense. I don't think he's helping him defensively. I don't think he's any answer. So it's tough to be against it, man, because they're not giving anything up to make it happen. But my dream is Andre Drummond. My dream is somehow there's a buyout with him and the Nets are able to get him. But I'm not against Blake Griffin. I just think it's important for people to understand it is not the Blake Griffin who's jumping over Kia's. It's just the name. Right, right. It's just the name. It's just the name at this point. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see who shakes loose, man. You know, I think Andre Drummond could very well uh, make his way to Brooklyn. So we'll we'll see how that happens. And all all the ring chasers going over to Brooklyn. Give me a break. The ring chasers. Oh, my God. Don't, you know what? Don't start with me. me We've had a break. nice conversation. We've had a good time. <laughs> We're at peace. We're on the same team tomorrow night. I'm yeah, not getting into yeah. it. But, I, but at a later date, CP, we will get into it. At a later date, there will sure. be a battle at some point. But not yet. Not yet. Yeah. We'll let that let it, let it, let it live for a little bit. Thank you. Hey, I, I do appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, man. Next time. Call Beningo. I need Beningo on this show. We got to get a reunion. Get him off the 13th hole, wherever he is. Juniper, Florida, Jupiter, Florida, wherever he is, bro. We need Beningo back in here. All the pain days are over, Joe. I need to hear Joe's take on the state of the Knicks. You got it, man. CP, keep up the good work, man. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend, man. Thank you very Thank much. You, pal. CP, the franchise. If you haven't seen it, if you're a Knicks fan, I do advise it. Knicks fan TV, they're literally on after every game. And they take calls and uh, a lot of different opinions on the show. He's got a couple of co-hosts. Um, Ashley Nicole Moss is on the show. There's a few other people that kind of go in, and it's very good. I find it entertaining, even though I'm a Net fan who doesn't like the Knicks. I do like it when they lose. Not going to lie. I enjoy it more. The complaining. But that li- listen, that's what most people who listen feel. I mean, like I said about my former partner, Joe Beningo, how many times would people call up and say, oh, Joe, I love you after a jet loss? 
Well, he wasn't happy after a jet loss. I'm not happy after a jet loss, but apparently people like to hear other people upset. That's, I, I guess that's the world we live in. Hopefully you don't hear that from me in the next few months with the Nets. Hopefully there's a, a very exciting celebration at some point in the middle of July. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.